Hey everybody, DJ Martin here, church pastor at Parker Ford Church. It's great to have you with us, whether you're from Parker Ford or visiting us online. We're so glad to have you. Today we're continuing our series of midweek teachings that we're calling Get Dressed. We've already done two weeks in this series, so if you didn't have a chance to listen to those, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to them first. This series is building um, each time on the previous one. So the first week we were in Isaiah 59 where it talks about the Lord clothing himself in righteousness and salvation. Um, last week we looked at Paul taking that imagery from Isaiah 59 and developing it into the armor of God. Today we're going to be in Colossians chapter 2 and then specifically in 3 where he talks about putting on some clothing, some spiritual clothing. Before we jump into the passages and topic this week, join me in a word of prayer. Let's invite the Lord to speak through his word to his people. Father, thank you for your word. And uh, as we look at these passages from Colossians today, would you open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, to see uh, what it is that you're saying, to hear what it is you're saying, God. And may we be a people who are fully clothed in what you would have us be clothed in. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I am now uh, well into my 30s, and over the last couple years, for the first time in my life, I've started to put on a little bit of weight. In fact, I think I was wearing this very shirt a couple of months ago, back when we were still meeting uh, before the pandemic hit, and we were meeting in person. And after the service, uh, one of our sweet old ladies walked up to me and patted me on the belly and said, my, you've been eating well. And she meant it, she meant it really kindly, but it just hit me. I was like, oh no. Um, so I could, I was starting to put on a little bit of weight that I'd never had before. And my mile, my average minute per mile pace was, was getting longer. And uh, I had a good friend who a while ago had given me a hand-me-down Fitbit watch that he didn't need anymore. And he knew I was running a little bit. And so he said, here, man, if you want this. Well, I, I'm not a tech person, and I'm not super into, like, tracking stuff or whatever, and I'm just a hacker when it comes to running. So I, I put it on my nightstand, and quite honestly, it ended up in the drawer, and I forgot about it. Then about two months ago, when, when the pandemic started, well, this was maybe three months ago, it was in early March, my wife, Julie, was like, hey, do you still have that fit, Fitbit? I'd like to, to try it. And so I pulled it out, and we, we charged it, and she started wearing it. And all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, I want to wear that. <laughs> so for Mother's Day, I got, I got her, her own Fitbit, and I, I took this one back for myself. And I've been wearing it, and what's amazing is that it's just this super helpful reminder to stay active. It's su such a small thing to wear this watch. But just to stay active and how many steps I'm taking or keep track of what I'm eating in a day. And lo and behold, over the last couple of months, I've been able to get back in the kind of shape I want to be in. And it's all from putting on this watch. What a silly thing. But I think that's an example of really the transformative effect that the things we wear can have on us. And the scriptures talk about this. From Genesis to Revelation, we've been talking about this, right, the last couple of weeks, that what we wear and what we put on has a power in our lives. And so multiple places, Paul, the Apostle Paul, picks up the imagery of clothing, and he says, get dressed, wear this, put on the armor of God, Ephesians 6. And in Colossians 3, he's going to list six things for us to put on as the people of God. Specifically, we're going to be in verses 12 to 15. 
before I get there, I do want to touch on one thing from earlier in the letter in Colossians 2. This is one of those incredible passages that just sticks with you. And in verse 13 of Colossians chapter 2, it says, And you, we, who were dead in our trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. One of the themes of of the letter to Colossians is the theme of forgiveness. So look at this. God made us alive. How? By forgiving us our trespasses, forgiving us the ways that we've trespassed and sinned against him. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. This is where we get one of the most beautiful, poignant, powerful verses in any hymn. In the hymn, uh, It Is Well when we get to the verse where it says, my sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. The reason why I want to touch on this is he's going to pick back up in the passage we're looking on in chapter 3, he's going to pick back up on this theme of forgiveness. So God has completely forgiven us, taken the record of wrong, and nailed it to the cross, removed it from us. As far as the east is from the west, so far has the Lord removed our iniquity and sin from us. So this theme of forgiveness is really important in this passage, and it's going to pick up here. So in Colossians chapter 3, he says, put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, all right, so put on this clothing. He's using, using the imagery of clothing. And these are the articles of clothing that he wants us to put on. So put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Think for a minute. When you think through that list, compassion, um, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience— When you think about the the famous lists of Paul, where is there overlap between this and another one of his famous lists? Yeah, the fruit of the Spirit. We see um, there's the nine fruits of the Spirit that are listed, and uh, kindness and patience are both fruits of the Holy Spirit. Here he's saying we are to put on these articles, um, the spiritual clothing, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. There's also an overlap here with uh, the Beatitudes. Verse 13, bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. If you've been a part of Parker Ford Church or, or other places where I've taught for any length of time, um, then you've probably heard me touch on this passage before. I think this is one of the, for me, this is, this is like a life verse. This is one of those really key places in Scripture where the Lord calls me back over and over again. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you uh, also must forgive. How has the Lord forgiven me? Remember in Colossians 2, he took the record of wrong against you. He saved us through the forgiveness of our iniquities. He took that record of wrong and nailed it to the cross. That is how God has forgiven me. Not in part, but the whole, everything. 
He is cleansed and washed through the blood of the Lamb in the same way that I've been forgiven, in the same way that you've been forgiven. We are to forgive. And this is tied to this idea of being dressed in the clothing that God has for us. And then he says in verse 14, and above all, so above everything else, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. If you're thinking about another famous list of Paul's, think about 1 Corinthians 13 where he says, you know, if I can prophesy and I can speak in the tongue of angels and I can do this and perform miracles and and all of these amazing things, but I have not love, then I'm nothing but a banging symbol. And he says, there's three things in our walk with Christ, in the life with God, there's three things that are most important. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Well, similarly here, he's saying, put on compassionate hearts, put on meekness, put on patience, put on kindness, put all of these things on. And then he says this, but above all, but the greatest of these, above all, put on love which holds it all together. If we're not going to have love, then we might as well be naked. If we're not going to have love that covers the whole thing, then we might as well not have anything on because it's love that gives everything else its purpose, its meaning, and its power. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Are you a peaceful person? I'm not just talking about, I'm not talking about being, you know, nonviolent, although that's certainly part of it. But does the peace, the wholeness, the calmness, the assurance, the rest of Christ, is that where you find yourself living? Let the peace of Christ, let this be an invitation. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. So as we wrap up this teaching today, put on then, these are the things he lists, put on compassionate hearts. Get dressed, get dressed with a compassionate heart today. Put on kindness. Be thoughtful about the way that you interact with others today with kindness. Again, this is a fruit of the Spirit. So not only is it something that we put on, it's something that the Spirit of God produces within us. Put on humility. Make sure that everything else, the armor of God that you're wearing, It doesn't need to shine forth and blind people. Put on a cloak of humility. Christ certainly did. Though he was dressed in the most splendid armor, Christ was wrapped in a garment of humility. He was lowly and meek and kind. Put on meekness. Put on patience. Put on love. So I leave you with these two questions. The first one is a question that a friend of mine asked recently. Who do you need to forgive? So when you think about this passage that says, forgive as you've been forgiven, Just take a minute and ask this question. Who do I need to forgive? Who have I not forgiven? Who in my life have I not forgiven? And just invite the Holy Spirit to point out someone, a face or name, and forgive that person. And secondly, what article of clothing is God calling you to put on? Obviously, he's calling us each to put on all of these, but when you think about your own life, do a self-evaluation. Where are you needing to be intentional When you look at that list, compassion, heart, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, and love, what do you need to be intentional about putting on today?
Let's pray. Father, thank you for the clothing that you offer us through your son. Without your son, we are naked and ashamed. We are hiding behind bushes, and the best that we can do is put on fig leaves of self-righteousness. But because of your son, we are able to be clothed in righteousness. We are able to be clothed in the armor of God and this list, this beautiful list that Paul has in Colossians 3. We are a people of forgiveness who flow in forgiveness, and above all, we are a people of love which binds everything together in harmony. And it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Have a great day.